Acts 20, verses 22 through 25. These are God's words. And see, now I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy. And the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Indeed, now I know that you all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, will see my face no more. So far, the reading of God's inspired and inerrant word. So the apostle has been uh, talking to the Ephesian elders about his ministry to them and among them that they have experienced as he ministered to them. Uh, as an example to them of what their ministry in the congregation ought to be like, uh, as an, and also as an example, since they are an example for the congregation, and they have seen him minister not only when they were elders, but also to them when they were uh, part of the congregation, as an example of what the Christian life is like. The first thing that he now goes on to say is he is um, coming to the end of his ministry and faces, or at least is thinking about, uh, the end even of his life on earth, is that he is already bound. He says, now, see, now I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem. Uh, Whenever we think of our life as our own, rather than as those being bought with a price, whenever uh, we think of uh, wanting to have our life be something that in which we accomplish all of our goals rather than in which we follow the Lord's direction and trust to him that he has a purpose for our life and uh, that he has already planned what he will bring from it. We both uh, live foolishly uh, because uh, we live according to, uh, for our own glory and according to uh, our own wisdom instead of God's and uh, also very frustratedly. Uh, because the things that we want to do and to get done and to be the effect that we uh, want to have, uh, we are unable to make those things uh, make those things happen. Uh, and uh, so we are always afraid that we will be uh, hindered uh, from getting done or uh, obtaining or succeeding in uh, whatever it is that uh, we plan to do or whatever it is that we plan to obtain uh, for ourselves. Uh, so we may always, uh, in this case, the apostle uh, has the prospect of, um, of being bound and uh, chained. Uh, the Holy Spirit has told him that it's coming in verse 23, uh, but why doesn't it bother him? Well, because he's already a prisoner of sorts. He's already a slave. He's already in chains. They are the blessed chains of God the Holy Spirit. Jesus, who bought him with his blood, and uh, took uh, took Paul to be his very own, has given him his Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has never uh, never tells us to indulge our flesh. or uh, He is always uh, setting before us the praise of the Lord Jesus, the service of the Lord Jesus, the goodness of the Lord Jesus to us and everything that he gives us, praise God. Uh, but those things then don't become uh, our purpose, or even uh, despite their pleasantness, often 
uh, they do not become our chief pleasure. Uh, and so the Holy Spirit reminds him uh, that he is bound to Christ, he's a bond slave of Christ, that he's a prisoner uh, of Christ, uh, and all of these things are very happy, and should mere men at some point slap some chains upon him, um, that will not take away the blessed and superior, the ultimate chains uh, of the Holy Spirit. And so one thing that uh, as believers we have to do as we mortify the flesh, as we look to God to grow us in grace, uh, is to put the death, to get rid of this idea uh, that, that we can be our own people, that I can be my own person to serve my own purpose for my own praise, uh, to find my own pleasure. No, uh, we must already be bound in and by the Holy Spirit. And so he says, see, now I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem. Uh, we also must be prepared uh, to face the unknown. Uh, unknown to us, of course, but not unknown to God. Here Paul is. He has the Holy Spirit. He often preaches and writes under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He even uh, tells us in verse 23 that those who have revelatory gifts of the Spirit uh, in every city are telling him about things that are going to happen to him, the chains and tribulations uh, await uh, await him. Uh, we don't have revelatory gifts uh, today. It's unlikely that uh, this sort of thing would have been done for the Ephesian elders. But even with all that he did know and receive from God the Holy Spirit, uh, he still did not know all the details that he might have wished to know. Uh, and so he says in the second half of verse 22, not knowing the things that will happen to me there. A Christian uh, trusting in the Lord Jesus and belonging to the Lord Jesus uh, ought not have anxiety over his not knowing the things that will happen to him, over her not knowing the things that will happen to her. When we... When we have repented toward God and trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ, as, uh, the, as the apostle has just finished summarizing was his preaching in verse 21, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, then we are okay not knowing uh, the details of what comes between now and glory. Uh, we know that Christ has come. We know that he is dead, raised again. We know that he has given us his spirit to bring us to faith and repentance. We know that it ends in glory with him. We know that there are things that he has planned for our life in which to serve him and bring him praise between now and when we die. So we do not know, we do not need to know the details of what will happen to us during those plans. A believer ought to be someone who not only considers himself owned by uh, the Lord, the prisoner uh, of the Lord, bound by the Spirit, but also someone uh, who is not worried about the details of what is going to happen to him uh, between now and his death. Uh, very specifically, a Christian needs to be prepared to suffer. Uh, so he says, I do not know the things that will happen to me there, except, verse 23, there is one uh, one thing that he knows is going to happen in Jerusalem, and that is that chains and suffering, chains and tribulations await him. This doesn't discourage him. He is still, he has his face set towards Jerusalem. We've seen that he is 
going as fast as he can. This is very obvious to the Ephesian elders who aren't in Ephesus. They're at Miletus. Why are they at Miletus? Because Paul is in a hurry to get to Jerusalem and uh, didn't take the time to go all the way in uh, to Ephesus. So they've come out and met him there. But he's going. uh, He's doing what the Lord has called him to do, uh, even though, uh, although he doesn't know other details, he is certain that... Uh, chains and suffering await him in Jerusalem. Uh, and we too have been given things to do by God. Uh, honoring your parents, uh, bringing your children up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord, uh, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together, <clears throat> eating and drinking and working, all to the glory of God, all in the name of Jesus Christ, uh, working hard as uh, someone who does it unto uh, the uh, unto God rather than uh, in order to please man, uh, bearing with one another, forgiving one another, being patient uh, with one another, filling our hands with good works as much as we can, uh, seeking uh, not to be wealthy in this world, but counting ourselves already wealthy in Christ uh, and desiring to uh, to build up that treasure which is in heaven, the praise that redounds unto the Lord Jesus by the good that we do, uh, loving our neighbors, uh, partic- in the particular providence in which the Lord has set particular people around us, and in the providence uh, of the season, um, in their life and our life in which we go through it together, whatever uh, part we have in the body, in the local congregation. We all have things that if we're paying attention to uh, the Bible, we have been assigned by God. So even though the Holy Spirit has not come and said, you should really go to that city uh, the way he did uh, for the Apostle Paul and going to Jerusalem, we have things that the Lord has given us to do. And we're also told that generally what we can expect is suffering. Through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. The apostle preached to all the churches, all the cities, uh, at the end of his first missionary journey. Jesus told his disciples, in this world you will have trouble. In his final letter to Timothy, at least the final one that we have, uh, that was uh, inspired uh, as Holy Scripture, uh, the apostle told Timothy, everyone who desires to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Peter, uh, by the Holy Spirit, says, don't be surprised at the fiery trial that's come upon you. Uh, The whole Bible is full of examples of how in this life, in this world, uh, belonging to Christ and especially being faithful to Christ. Even in times when the church isn't persecuted, the church persecutes the faithful from within. And so the minister and all Christians, the faithful elder of the church in Ephesus, the apostle, before then, the congregations to whom they minister. We must all be prepared uh, to suffer, to have this in common with Christ, to have this in common with the prophets and the apostles, to have this in common with the faithful elders, to have this in common with all faithful believers. This is something that we have a hard time getting through our heads because we have not suffered so much. Uh, You guys, uh, maybe not... Uh, as aware of it, have suffered a little bit more than others, just for, uh, being my children, being part of, uh, part of my family. Not that I have been marvelously faithful, but, 
by God's grace, it has been enough to suffer at times uh, for the for the sake of Christ and that faithfulness. But our suffering is so small. We've hardly suffered at all. And sometimes when things are going like they're going in our nation now, uh, sometimes I hear uh, believers talk about how suffering may be just on the horizon and it's going to be this really uh, strange thing and this experience that we really have to gear up for. Um, the only problem with that is suffering is the majority report of all of Scripture and all, almost all of Christian history everywhere, and even now for most faithful Christians uh, in the world. Uh, we are the unicorns. We are the ones who uh, who are really out of place. And the ordinary means of grace, the Lord's Day by Lord's Day gathering of the church, uh, and the Spirit blessing the ordinary means in the in the public assembly especially, the Lord blessing to us the word and prayer day by day in the home. The Lord giving us to see ourselves as the slaves of Christ uh, to whom uh, the blessedness that Jesus has earned absolutely belongs. These are the things by which Christians uh, are given in the Bible to live. And these are the things by which we are prepared to suffer. I think the most difficult uh, thing about the suffering that faces uh, faces us is uh, we have made such a goal in life out of being comfortable and enjoying ourselves uh, that this this wrong-headed view of uh, of what the good life is uh, has made us rather ill-prepared to suffer. But that's not the good life. The good life is to be bound by the Spirit. The good life is to be united by Christ. The good life is to see our responsibilities in the church and in the home and in the society as assigned to us by the Lord Jesus for his praise as the God and Savior, uh, the God of all and the Savior of his people. That's the good life. And if that's the good life, then we are prepared uh, to suffer if suffering uh, comes with it, when suffering comes with it. And finally, we should be prepared to die. He said, none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself. So he's not moved by the loss of comfort, because comfort was never his goal. Nor do I count my life dear to myself, because staying alive as long as possible was not his goal. What has been his goal? To run with joy in the service that the Lord had appointed to him. So that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus. That's where the joy comes from. The joy comes in him who has appointed to him his life and his service, uh, and in whose providence that life and service comes, with chains and tribulations and whatever else comes with it. But it comes from, it comes from the hand of the Lord Jesus Christ. It comes from the hands of the Savior, his precious Lord Jesus. And so he's running a race that has been assigned to him, this, of course, mixes uh, uh, well or corresponds well to the uh, athlete in that triple illustration that we had in Second Timothy 2, the soldier and the athlete and the farmer for the second serial reading for this week. He has given, had been given a race by the Lord Jesus to run, and as long as the Lord Jesus run, uh, gives to him to run, he wants to run with joy. And if you worry about what you might suffer, you won't run with joy. And if you're trying to make your race be as long as it can be, 
you won't run with joy. But if you run as someone who has been given uh, your particular race by the Lord Jesus, and know that he supplies the grace by which you do the running, and that everything that he has given you to do in dependence upon his grace, the goal is to bring him praise, then you can finish your race with joy. And so the ministry he has received is from the Lord Jesus, and the ministry that he has received is for the Lord Jesus, the end of the verse there, to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And so he knows, verse 25, that the portion in which he preached the kingdom among the Ephesians is over. And that's up to the Lord Jesus. And he'll give, uh, and he'll trust him with that. And it might be that he's coming to the point where the portion that he's been given by the Lord Jesus, not just to preach to the Ephesians, but to preach anywhere, will come to an end. But he's living as someone who's prepared to die. Uh, and we need to be those who live as those prepared to die, who run well the portion of the race that we are in right now, that we would live today as we will wish we had when we come to the end and we look back uh, over the whole course of all the things that the Lord Jesus gave us to do as his people. And we say, I served the Lord who assigned me those things on that day. I served him with joy for his praise. He's the one who gave it to me to do, and I did it for his his glory. And so that we would always not only be ready to suffer, but then that we would always be ready to die because we are his. Let's pray. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for giving us this portion of your word for today to go along with our duties of today. And we pray that you would help us then by your spirit uh, to not make our goal to be comfortable or entertained or to have uh, earthly pleasure, uh, but to make it our goal to enjoy belonging to you and doing what you have given us to do unto your praise. We pray that you'd help us to do this more and more and every day until we finish that race which you have plotted out for us in this life. Give us to do it with joy, we pray, unto your glory. For we ask it in your name. Amen.